From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. get all the drama we could possibly want in the first round of the playoffs. The matchup most of us were looking forward to getting. The one we hoped we would get. The Lakers will face the Grizzlies. Fitz and Harry. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM channel lady. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. You know what I did this morning, Harry? You know what I did? Talk to me. I opened up my betting app, and oh, I found Lord. I found this series on my betting app. Hold on, give me a second. Before, before you finish... If you let me read this, if you have a problem, one eight hundred gambler is the number. Oh man, I'm gonna be honest you, with you. I, I did really well on the Super Bowl, so I'm still living in the uh, the mountain of cash I made on the Super Bowl. So like, all of this is free money. But I I went in, I was sitting there, I was eating my protein bagel with my three eggs because you know very regimented diet at this point from the diet. Sounds delicious. Uh, it, well, Not. Same breakfast every day. Like, there's nothing changing in my life. So I'm eating, you know, post-orange theory, as I mentioned, I work out. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there, and I, I'm, I'm watching get up, and I'm thinking, you know what? The only thing more swole than my calves right now, my bank account, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go bet a little of it. I went out there, put my money where my mouth is, like the odds, put a little cash on Memphis. We get this matchup. We're going to get the Lakers taking on Memphis in a seven-game series. But I got to ask you this. I got to ask you about Dylan Brooks, okay? Because this is what Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies said. I'm going to read you the quote. I wouldn't mind playing LeBron in a seven-game series, all right? And then he said, uh, well, he was asked why. He said the legacy is there. First time back in the playoffs, knock him out right away in the first round. It'll test us good. They got good pieces, good players. It'll be a good first-round matchup for us. Is that poking the bear? <laughs> Notice the fun here, the Grizzlies poking the bear? Um, I, I think it's just Dylan Brooks being himself, right? We know he's the guy on their team, right, who's going to try to get under the opponent's skin. We know he does a lot of antics on the basketball court. The only thing is that Dylan Brooks, you know, when facing the Lakers, haven't, it hasn't fared up well for him. Also, he was that guy that talked a lot about the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. He hasn't fared, fared well against them as well. And he actually, you know, kind of shot the Memphis Grizzlies out of that series a season ago as well as hurting one of the you know the players for the Golden State Warriors. But when I'm looking at this matchup, the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Lakers, I'm taking the Memphis Grizzlies 10 times out of 10. Because what I seen last night, and not, it wasn't just last night, and I understood when the Lakers played the Los Angeles Clippers, it was a back-to-back as well. But watching those two games from start to finish, I'm, I, I, I'm not too high on the Lakers right now. Winning the series against some younger guys. Now, Jared Jackson Jr. is going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Defensive player think, of the year, yes, Jared yes. Jackson Jr. Let's put some respect on right. that name. You're right. And if he's able to do that, I think Memphis is going to win this series easily. I just don't think that the Lakers have enough players that can create their own shot outside of LeBron. And we can't sit up here and act like the Memphis Grizzlies don't play defense when they play defense very well. Here's my only concern, and everybody knows at this point I've dug in on Memphis is going to beat the Lakers. If I have one concern for Memphis, 
It is that if the officials are deciding to call the game close, and some crews choose too, like if the officials keep an eye on it, one, will they have the bodies? Can they keep Jaron Jackson Jr. out of foul trouble to your point? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Can they throw enough bodies in the way to actually make a difference and continue to attack? I don't know. But most importantly through that, if the series starts to go that way, I'm a big believer. You know, I never blame the officials. So I'm a big believer in it's part of your job. Part of what you got paid for when you were a professional athlete was to figure out how the game was being called, manage your emotions, and deal with it. I do have a little bit, if I have an inkling of concern in this, it's that when we get to that spot where the refs are calling it tight, can the Grizzlies manage their emotions for a very young, fiery, emotional team that that sort of echoes Dylan Brooks? They say what they want to say. They act how they want to act. They get a little bit out there, right? Can they rein all of that in in a game where it's just necessary to play with the same passion but also do it in a controlled manner? I think that's a fair, you know, fair concern right now for Memphis in this series. No, it is. And I add a few more other things, right? The front line, you're not going to have Brandon Clark. You're not going to have Steven Adams, mm. right? Can Xavier Tillman provide you what you need defensively and trying to anchor the middle? And also, can Jaron Jackson Jr. stay out of foul trouble? And Dylan Brooks as well, can he stay out of foul trouble? Trouble? Can he keep his head into the game and not let things – and basically try to beat the Los Angeles Lakers because he made this statement by himself. Let Ja do his thing. Let Desmond Bain do his thing. But also, I'm worried about the Memphis Grizzlies if they go cold from the field, shooting from the perimeter. Right? Are they going to be able to overcome that as well? Because I've seen that from them this season. Now, in a trade this season, they were able to get Luke Kennard, which I, th- I thought was very, very valuable to their basketball team because you added another shooter. But also, I like Tyus Jones coming off the bench. And when John Morant was out, he filled in perfectly, not just this season, but also last year. So if they can get some stuff from their bench from Tyus Jones and also Luke Kennard, and then you have Xavier Tillman doing his thing defensively, I think the Memphis Grizzlies, they're going to be okay. And I think it may be a – it possibly could be a six-game series, but at, at at the least, I think it could be a five-game series. All right, this is what J.J. Redick, ESPN NBA analyst, said on first take about Dylan Brooks saying he wants the Lakers. Yeah, I, I loved it too. And I, I took this as a very reasonable soundbite. Okay. And I took it as a, a sign of respect that he mm. was showing LeBron. I mean, he mentioned the word legacy, of course. Mm. The legacy is there. And he also said – this is going to be a test. And I think this is a Memphis Grizzlies team that for the last two seasons, I, I believe that internally they have championship aspirations. Like they sure. legitimately think that they can go out and win a championship. And the idea that in the first round you get that test. And Rondo was on the show yesterday and he talked about how difficult it is to beat LeBron James right. in a seven-game series. So good for Dylan Brooks. I mean, I, it sort of echoes this, this thought of, Dylan's got to be himself, number one. Yep. And then is he doing it in a way that's just going to make the Lakers angry? Well, I think, honestly, the Grizzlies just have the ability to get under most teams' skin in general, right? So if we're worried about emotion, I'm just not worried about that with the Lakers. The Lakers, if anything, with the experience that LeBron has and AD has, uh, I'm not worried about the Lakers turning around and suddenly letting what somebody says be a chip that pushes them one way or the other. I, I worry far more about controlled emotion from Memphis than I do, I think, any team in the NBA. But Memphis this year has been something that they weren't necessarily last year, particularly in the playoffs been a lot more consistent man like I just I feel like what we've done and this is what we do all the time but we see 
uh, we see something in the playoffs, and then that becomes the narrative until we see that broken, right? So because we saw the Grizzlies just get, what, what was the word, mollywopped? They got mollywopped uh, by go. the Warriors last year. Because we go. saw that, that's like stuck in the back of everybody's mind. We saw them implode. We saw absolute loss of control. We saw all these emotions. Now, we saw a little of that during the regular season, but while they went through all of that, they still won games. They played oh, well without Ja, yes, even yes. even when they didn't have Ja. So like this year, they've been much better than they were last year in the playoffs. And I think that's the biggest thing for me when they were going through the things that they were going through as a team injuries Brandon Clark being out Steven Adams out there John Morant going through his thing um, I thought this team did a very good job of still finding ways to win basketball games I think that also allowed Jaron Jackson Jr. to be the number one guy and for a lot of people to see him in a light that they necessarily might not have looked at him in because of John Morant and him being the, the superstar on the team I'm telling you this team and, and, and I love John Morant but this team goes as Jaron Jackson Jr. goes and doesn't get in foul trouble. If he's playing elite defense, if he's hitting shots on the perimeter, if he's anchoring things, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be hard to beat. I'm going to say something that I've heard you say before when we're watching football together. I think the Grizzlies are in a very simple situation. Do your job. If Desmond Bain goes out and does his job and Jaron Jackson Jr. does his job and John Morant does his job, if those three players do their job, even if the the Lakers do their job, I still like Memphis in this series. If any one of the three of them fall off, that's where we get to a problem. This is the the ultimate do-your-job series to me, stealing from something that you've said in the past when we look at football games. If the, if the Grizzlies— It's know your role. It's, yeah. it's know your role, understand what your role is, and don't, don't try to play outside your means. That's Dylan Brooks. That's Desmond Bain. That's everyone else that's, that's role players on this team. We understand what John Moran and Jerry Jackson Jr. is going to do. We also know that Desmond Bain can light up the scoreboard when he's on. But anybody else, don't try to be something that you're not. Understand what your role is because you have a common goal. The common goal is trying to get to the NBA Finals, right? You don't need to be all sporadic and all over the place trying to do things that you don't normally do on a regular basis during a basketball game. Just play your game and understand what your role is coming into the playoffs. All right, so we're going to pick all these series on Friday. I just made that executive decision. I haven't even talked to anybody on on the staff. But you mentioned you're taking Memphis. I'm taking Memphis in this one also. I'm thinking Memphis in six because God doesn't like me enough to have nice things. I mean, Memphis in five would be a lot easier on my heart, but Memphis in six, which will give me a couple of days to make my clap back track to all the Lakers fans out there. Uh, speaking <laughs> of the NBA playoffs, the, as they continue, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you the players that will have the biggest impact on each series, but not the guy you think, not the star. Who's the other guy? Who's the Robin that needs to step up and be Batman for each of their teams? We'll break it down for you. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. NBA postseason is here, and we kick it off with a play-in tournament doubleheader. First in Toronto, the Raptors welcome the Chicago Bulls. Then we head to New Orleans where the Pelicans face the Oklahoma City Thunder. Coverage begins tonight at 6.30 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. postseason is here and we kick it off with a play-in tournament doubleheader first in toronto the raptors welcome the chicago bulls then we head to new orleans where the pelicans face the oklahoma city thunder coverage begins tonight at 6 30 eastern on espn radio and on espn you can also listen on the espn app and on sirius xm channel 80 
Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Took my jacket off on Dress for Success Wednesday. Now I'm feeling all kind of frisky. Harry's going to watch this back later in the club and decide I'm never invited to go with him to the club after what we just saw. Fitz Can and I Harry, ask you a question? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have great rhythm if that's what you're going to ask. Do you hear the theme and the music today? Uh, it's a, what? No, I haven't been paying any attention. Okay. It's a, what is well, it? Just in case you needed a reminder, it's all, all Atlanta. Atlanta. It's all Atlanta artists because the Hawks won last night. And I just wanted to represent Atlanta in a different way on the show th- uh, this afternoon. I almost said this morning, this afternoon. So it's nothing but Atlanta artists because the Hawks secured a playoff spot, and I'm very, very happy. When when the Vegas Aces win the WA NBA championship for back to back years, can we go all Vegas music? I would ask about the Raiders, but they're never going to win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. I haven't done enough karma to get that good. So well, you're talking like, about show music. Okay, yeah, no, I know show music. So like, can I do all Vegas show music when the Aces win? Yeah, you earned okay. that right. Okay, great. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll work on that list. It's it's that not going to be nearly as entertaining for most people as Atlanta list is. Uh, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, look, a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're going to ride through some NBA teams now here. With some X-Factors. We started this yesterday. If you missed any of it, you should check it out in the podcast. We're going to continue the exercise. For any of you that weren't listening, A, shame on you. B, here's the rule. We're not taking the superstar. So the presumption here, and this all started because we were having a conversation about how many teams have superstars across the league. So if if all the superstars are going to wash together at some point, then it becomes about the other guy. So this is about the other guy, X-Factor. We're going to let Devin queue up the teams, and then we are going to react from there. Devin, who you got for us first? The Boston Celtics. Okay, so who's your other guy on the Celtics roster? Yeah, for me, it's going to be Malcolm Brogdon. He's the third leading scorer on this team, averaging 14.9 points per game. But a guy that I think the Boston Celtics actually needed at the last season in their appearance in the NBA Finals, a guy that can orchestrate things from the point guard position, can also defend on the defensive end, but also, you know, get guys the basketball where they're needed from the point guard position. So I'm going with Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, I like that call a lot. I really thought you were going to go with Marcus Smart, who, by the way, is going to be on with Kenny and Carlin later today. You don't want to miss that. That would be great. Uh, but when you see what he's uh, he was able to do defensively, I think that's pretty significant. He obviously missed uh, the game against the Hawks at the end of the season, so uh, he's got to stay healthy. But I, I think there's a... I know he's not a huge player, but in my mind, he sort of stood out as my one to watch for what he could do defensively uh, at the guard position. So uh, that, that's my that's my X factor. What do we got next, Dev? The Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, we're going into the Clippers. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Norman Powell. He, he's a guy, especially when Paul George is out, that has to add you know another level of scoring to Kawhi Leonard. So I think if the matchup presents itself, he has to be aggressive. He can't sit back and be passive. But Norman Powell, for me, for the Los Angeles Clippers, has to be that secondary guy outside of Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, you know what? You're, that's the right answer. I just want to say Russell Westbrook to troll everybody. Is that wrong? Like, I just want to, like, I have this imagination in my mind. That's where imagination usually lives. I have this thought in my mind where all of a sudden Russell Westbrook comes out and he is just a different, invested version of himself playing basketball like we've never seen him play before. And finally, potential is realized and everybody says, this is what it could have been from the outset. So, like, for me, there's X Factor status next to somebody that, frankly, I don't think is worth watching most nights in the 
the NBA right now. But if he could be worth watching, it would change the way I think about this whole team. Now, hold on just a second. See, last year in football, you tried to let Russ cook for the Denver Broncos. So now we're going to take it to basketball. You want Russ to cook for the Clippers? Uh, I think they have something in, in common. I think both of them are terrible chefs. How do you like that? <laughs> both Russ can't cook. All right, Devin, who do we got next? The Milwaukee Bucks. Tell me you're going Pat Connaughton. It's an inside oh, joke. Go ahead. If you don't get out of here, you nonsense. <laughs> With that nonsense. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to go Chris Middleton for this one. It actually came up last year in the series versus the Boston Celtics in which it went seven games. But Chris Middleton was not out there to be a vital piece of the Milwaukee Bucks. So as long as Chris Middleton is in these playoffs healthy – then I think the Milwaukee Bucks is going to win the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good call by you, and that's the right answer. I'll give you a different name just because it's boring if we say the same thing every time. But I do think as much as we have laughed at times, Brooke Lopez has been a yeah. consistent, right? And like I think if Brooke Lopez is going to – he's going to be asked to do a lot, right? So yep. uh, in my mind, Brooke Lopez has the opportunity to be the sneaky guy that is just enough of an agitator throughout the course of every series that it becomes sort of a difference maker. Devin, next up. Well, the Denver Nuggets. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, well, wait. We're not going to slow down. Y'all okay, like to sorry. just move fast all sorry. the time. Well, you know what? I, another, didn't know, another reason I didn't know why we like, were lovemaking. I thought we were just like sort of. But I'll tell you, another reason why I like Brooke Lopez is because he's going to pull the centers away from the basket. When you look at a Joel Embiid, you look at a guy like Al Horford that can be, you know, anchor defenses and, and, and a Robert Williams, he's going to be able to stretch the floor to pull those guys away from the back basket and open up more lanes for, uh, for driving. Yeah, that's actually a great point by you. I'm glad we went back and revisited it. You know what? From now on, we'll take an extra second and uh, make sure we can both react. My, Devin has the trigger finger well, I mean, Devin, Devin's The just, Denver Nuggets. Okay, look, see? see? <laughs> just what he coun't find it earlier, so now he's just all of a sudden just going willy-nilly. You pace. It's your pace. It's your pace, apparently, Devin. De- Devin's running the offense The Denver now. Nuggets. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay, okay. We're, I'm going to go with Michael Porter Jr. Is that good mm, enough, Devin? Yeah, okay, Fitz, who do you have? The no. Denver Nuggets. Okay, uh, I also had Michael Porter Jr. because I thought you were going to go Jamal Murray. But uh, go ahead and it, 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 we'll expand on Michael Porter Jr. Devin can sit down, shut up, color in his book, and wait, all right? The Denver Nuggets. Okay, what do you have on uh, Michael Porter Jr.? Well, no, I just know Jamal Murray is going to be a guy that's going to provide scoring. We know what Jokic is going to do. He has opportunity to become a three-time MVP winner back-to-back-to-back. I think Michael Porter, with his size and being able to shoot the three ball, slash into the basket, but I think he could need to lock down a little bit more defensively, and he could really put his imprint on these playoffs. I think there's also a consistency to the Nuggets. The number of games that their starters have started together throughout the course of the season in a in a league that we constantly talk about injuries everywhere, uh, the Nuggets have, have had theirs, but they've also been able to keep this group of five on the floor together a lot. I like Michael uh, Porter Jr. a lot as the, uh, as the pick in this one. I don't have any wild difference to make on that. I think you're, you've made the right call, but I think he's one of the slip-on players in the playoffs so far. And Devin, would you like to move us along now, good sir? The Golden State Warriors. Oh, this is easy for me. It's Andrew Wiggins. And we've seen the imprint that Andrew Wiggins had last season in the playoffs, and particularly in the NBA Finals, regarding Jason Tatum. Playing uh, stifling defense and also scoring the basketball when they needed him. I'm interested to see how fast they're going to be able to get him up to speed because he's been out for so long. But if Andrew Wiggins can't be Andrew Wiggins, I don't think the Golden State Warriors can win another championship. I, I knew you were going to say that. Again, I think it's the right answer. 
I just want to say Jordan Poole so I can see if I can get through this entire segment Ooh. without, again, calling him Jordan Peele. Uh, but Jordan Poole <laughs> got a bunch of money for a reason, right? And yep. when you talk about the risers, he's supposed to be part of that. So I look at Jordan Poole, who has been opportunistic this year at times in games to come up big in big ways. Uh, I like where he is playing right now. I like his assist-to-turnover ratio particularly. I think Jordan Poole can be a big asset for them in the playoffs. So, uh, And by the way, it speaks to the fact that they've got rising guys in Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. that, that could make the Warriors sustain a little bit more than some of us think. All right, we'll keep doing this throughout the course of the next several days to give you that X-Factor guy to look at. But in the meantime, it got Miami hot on Get Up this morning when someone suggested OBJ's deal with the Ravens is because he knows something about Lamar Jackson. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Oh, the day we broke, Jeff Darlington. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, or if you prefer, Doug and Black Doug, however you want to do it. Like, two, two brothers from another mother. Come again? That's, that's, that's me. That's, yeah, that's I mean, it. if he's Black Doug, then okay, okay never mind. I'm Doug. Okay. I'm, you yes, know what? You, uh, if I'm Black Doug, yes, Fitz, it's okay. You're the white Doug. I'm, I'm the Obviously, white Doug. there were two Dougs There's in the no hangover. chance I can be Black Doug, right? Like, that's just who, a, who, uh, that's none, none whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> Who's the guy who slept on the roof? Uh, that that would be me. That's that's me. That's, that's Doug. That's, that's regular Doug. They were looking for Doug. Like I feel like I'm yeah, the guy that would you. would wake up after a night of copious amounts of drugs and realize that I was on the roof and my friends left me behind. That feels like that's the part of the story that that really fits me the most. And yeah. I've, I've still got Jeff Darlington, who's with us right now, pegged as Bradley Cooper. Like I, I'm just saying, like black uh, suit, black shirt. Yeah, I'll like take walk. It. I mean, I'll just take it. look. I don't think that I deserve recognition, but I will certainly appreciate it and enjoy it uh, uh, to be fair. Bradley Cooper. Uh, I'm, I'm just, vain enough. <laughs> but Jeff, but Jeff, you have a personality, and the way you spin stuff on your damn finger—I yeah. mean, you fit yeah. The deal, did we bro. did we uh, did we actually sit down in the chair for this interview, or were you spun in the chair and then brought to, like were you were you rolled in? I saw it on Get Up this morning. I'm just curious. What's with? Uh, I feel bullied. In the workplace. <laughs> you know? Like, so what if I don't want to walk to the seat? Like, why, why would I not want to be wheeled when I... When it's an option. Oh, I look, okay, I think Paul what, Pierce. What you have done here is you have educated all the rest <laughs> of us. You, you know the next time that I'm at Seaport, I'm just going to sit in my chair and I'm going to wait and see if anybody rolls me. And then like an hour later when they're like, why isn't Fitz on the show? There's but, a lot of luxuries here. Someone made me coffee this morning. Like, I, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of crazy too. Because for anyone listening that doesn't know, we have two studios in the Northeast area. We have Bristol, Connecticut, where I am currently. And then we have Seaport, where Jeff Darlington totally is. Totally different and vibes. And Seaport, Seaport it's a, a little smaller studio. They don't have like a big cafeteria and everything. But then when you walk in, they're like, oh, let's get you lunch from somewhere. They don't do that at Bristol. I'm just. I'm this just, is definitely more my vibe. Yeah. Uh, no, no <laughs> doubt. It's luxury there. Uh, all right. So let's get to a little NFL news here, Jeff. Uh, uh, there's a news item here. The Ravens, we just found out in the last hour or so, yeah. are going to hold an introductory press conference tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, 1 p.m. for Odell Beckham Jr. GM Eric DaCosta and Coach John Harbaugh will also be in attendance. Uh, yeah, what's your initial reaction? I, like they just had a press conference recently where uh, the media was instructed not to bring up Lamar Jackson. Reporter asked a question about Lamar Jackson's impact, th- his situation's impact on the draft was interrupted 
um, by the public relations department to say this is not about Lamar Jackson. So the guy had to like, re- it was like a courtroom, like he had to rephrase his question without mentioning Lamar's name. So what happens tomorrow with Odell? Like it is clearly connected. We cannot sit here and say Odell Beckham Jr.'s signing well above market at $15 million guaranteed compared to any other team uh, who is a good friend of Lamar Jackson and who spent Sunday night celebrating with Lamar after he agreed to this deal. Like th- there are questions about why Odell chose Baltimore and whether he's there to play with Lamar or whether he knows something more. So I'm interested to see how they navigate that. Yeah, I can't wait for that press conference either because I don't think the PR department are going to be able to stop questions from coming in because now you have Odell Beckham Jr., a guy that you just mentioned, Jeff, that's close to Lamar Jackson. But I will tell you this, like from my standpoint, like we look at the last two years with Lamar Jackson and none of us from, you know, the, the organization to friends or anybody knew what was going on with Lamar Jackson, except Lamar Jackson and probably his mother and the people close to him in, in, in that capacity. I'm trying to figure out why would Lamar Jackson at this moment tell Odell Beckham Jr. 100% what he's going to do. Because he needs him. I, I don't get uh, – I always love your takes. I, I, like, I'm really sad right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad because I, I, I strongly disagree with you. I don't understand why you think that Lamar would not share, at least to some extent, what he's doing with a player who he wants to sign to make his life better at the position. Why would he not share that? Well, let me well, let me throw out a scenario here, though. Like, let's say, you know, uh, Jeff, like one of our peers is signing a huge deal to go work for a media company. Okay. Would we not all like and, and a bunch of us, let's say a bunch of our contracts, we're all sitting there and it's like, man, I don't know where I'm going to work in six months. But I know that Jeff Darlington just got a massive fat deal to go be the main ESPN NFL insider. Are we not going to the club to celebrate no matter what? Like, I'm still no. going to FaceTime my not friend. If it's not. <laughs> Not if you are you hate ESPN. If we're, I mean, like, not if you're like the one who's on your. Okay. You've, you've asked to leave, and then you're going to celebrate with the guy who's getting there. I mean, that doesn't make sense. Lamar Jackson would not go hang with Odell that night and celebrate with Odell, who is joining the team that Lamar Jackson is asked asking to be traded from. In what world is that? How your friendships go? Well, I'm I'm just saying from the from the standpoint of Lamar Jackson, it I wouldn't want anybody knowing what I'm going to do. I Even get if, that. Like you know what I'm saying? I would want to keep things on the wrap because when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, it it could come back to hurt you. Sure, but they uh, look, I, I I am in the reporting business. It is not my job and I hate the idea of connecting dots because it's speculative. Mm-hmm. It it does not but but hey, we're just gonna spitball for a second after I put that disclaimer out there. <laughs> There's no team that was even close to paying $15 million guaranteed to Odell Beckham Jr. The Mm -hmm. only team who went above and beyond is the one team that hasn't added a wide receiver since Lamar Jackson, a Pro Bowl wide receiver uh, ever, but a a good wide receiver since Lamar Jackson was the quarterback. And now suddenly they just got this, this crazy desire to pay to overpay a wide receiver when they don't even know who their quarterback's gonna be? 
something changed. Uh, but or, or let me be like, you're going to hate me. I, I, I am going to hate you. You're going to hate me too. <laughs> hate let let me you. be the other side of this. <laughs> like, all right, I sit there and I'm like, oh God, I hate the Ravens. And suddenly the Ravens think that maybe signing you draws up that much oh. value. Now you're getting epic money. My buddy's getting epic money and you, you managed to job out the team that I'm leaving anyway. Like, yeah, but, like, then, but then Odell, okay. I, I did make this analogy because I was—I'm not a great debater, and I get tired of it. And I—I I, <laughs> succumbed to Harry's point this morning on get up by saying, like, I get it. It's like when you're not going to give your girlfriend the 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 engagement ring, you're just like shower her with other gifts to try to placate her. Uh, that could be the case here, except Odell is signing a one-year deal. He is putting—he wants his career to take another turn. Is he really going to? Sign that deal for a few extra million dollars, a lot for us, but maybe not for Odell, when he could be playing with Aaron Rodgers instead of Tyler Huntley? Like, well, is he, he really that, going that, to do that's that? That's a good point, Jeff. That's a good of point. Of course it's a good that, point. That, that, is a, that, is a, that is a great point. You're making no... Th- thank you. I'm that glad someone's point. making good points. But check this out, though. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. is still going to be a number one receiver with the Baltimore Ravens. Right. He wasn't going to be a number one receiver with the New York Jets. That was going to be Garrett Wilson, and you also have an Aaron Rodgers favorite in Alan Lazard, who's with that team now as well. But what's he already proved what can happen if you're a number one receiver on a team with a quarterback who doesn't connect with you when he did that with the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And then he had to go resurrect his career with well, the don't Rams. don't you mention Mr. Turnover Machine himself, Baker Mayfield, in this equation? <laughs> well, oh, because Baker Mayfield is so inferior to Tyler Huntley, who, by the way, is a good quarterback in don't hey, make me. Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl this past season. <laughs> he did make the Pro Bowl, and I think Baker Mayfield might have been an alternate. Like and I was, I was. I'm not trying to hate on Tyler Huntley here by any means. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm Jeff, not. Jeff, here's a real question. Well, I think I can. I still be your dog? I like that's. It, yeah, uh, I, okay, did okay. I win this debate? I, I, I feel um, like I did. Here's here's what what's gonna happen. I guess you did. Here's what's I, gonna happen. Never, I'm gonna I've tell never everybody how how, how great. Jeff Darlington is. And I'm going to tell you, you won the debate. But because we're friends and you're going to yeah. hang up the phone and go about your day, I'm immediately going to tease why right. you're wrong. And then we're yeah. going to spend the next no, 12 minutes ripping you apart when you can't Not actually mention, defend it. Your listeners are all like, wow, I think I agree with Darlington, but he sounds so punchable that I can't possibly. <laughs> if our if our listeners think you sound punchable and I don't, then our listeners have really people lost tell their minds. People tell me I sound, my voice sounds like Scott Disick. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. oh. I'm never going to that. not think yeah. of that now. Yeah, and some people say I look like him too. Which Can I say first, he was my favorite though? Because he yeah, didn't take too. that he didn't take That's that right. nonsense from exactly. those damn Kardashians. At first I, I took Scott it as a great insult thing. and then I learned more about Scott Disick and realized that he might be my spirit animal. Yeah, well, look, <laughs> we, look just, I'm just saying, people say the Kardashians have no talent. If you can make a billion dollars out of no talent, that in and of itself is a talent. Okay, I'd I'm rather not going be a Kardashian. that far. I just like Scott Disick. Let's okay, relax well, a little all right, bit. All right, Scott. Uh, all right. It's the Lord to you. Jeff, we appreciate your time. Thanks for giving us 12 minutes of content. We're about to rip apart on the other side of this. Yeah, no Thanks problem. for hanging out with Thought us. Thought I won. All right. <laughs> Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL insider, uh, being, I'm sure, wheeled away from his chair with luxury and frozen grapes. I told you, I told him, Harry and I are going to keep this conversation going behind Jeff's back. We'll do that next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are Fitz and Harry. I'm scared of Howard the Duck, so I don't wait, know wait, 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 wait. Howard the Duck you scared of? Yes. Howard the Duck? Why, why would you possibly be scared of an adorable little huggable duck with a big backside? Because, man, I seen this, like, duck scary movie when I was a kid. And it was, I, all I can remember is it was, the duck was, like, evil. And it was, like, a truck, a big truck that the duck was in. And I used to have nightmares about it. So I never liked ducks from that point on. Spitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. I was thinking of my scaredy cat co-host actually yesterday. Harry, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't know this about you. Are you big into like roller coasters, theme parks? Like, where, where are we on thrill rides? Harry I, I, I used to be. I used mm-hmm. to be. Um, I'm, I'm not too high on them, but I'm gonna have to get back high on them because you know my niece and my nephews, all those guys come. Uh, door, my girl and, and guys come for the summer, and they like to go to Six Flags and stuff. But I hate getting on those rides nowadays. Okay, see that's where where and I should warn you. This will surprise nobody. Uh, I love roller coasters. I'm deathly afraid of heights, so I think I'm going to die on all of them. I scream like an infant the entire time. Like I am the loudest screaming little girl on the entire roller coaster. There's no doubt about that, Devin. Uh, Point of contention here in the in the control room. So mm-hmm. we're like, I'm saying, oh, we should do like a show outing at an amusement park. And I'm like, Six Flags, there's one in New England, it's, it's close by. Evan goes, no, Disney. And part of it's like, we work for Disney. But there's a there's a clear difference in the rides at Disney versus like a Six Flags in terms of thrills. Yes, the ones at oh, Disney yeah. are so much better. Everything at okay. Disney is awesome. First and foremost, yeah. can Evan even get on the roller coasters? I mean, that's <laughs> actually, number one. Actually, there's a height requirement. Hold on. Yes, I can. I went to Disney with my wife over the summer. We talked about this. Uh, I went to Disneyland, and I did go up and make sure I could get on because safety first, but I can. I am tall enough. Uh, Yeah, so Guardians (laughs) of the Galaxy, Tron, there are some great rides at Disney right now, no doubt. But you're right. I think a theme park, a Six Flags, is different. It has, like, the big, like, thrill roller coasters that are just more, like, it's sort of like I love Kings Island in Cincinnati. One of my favorite places in the world is Kings Island in Cincinnati. Like, I will go to Kings Island every day, all day, anytime I can. I Love. See, so that's what I was asking because I was thinking of you, Harry, because you mentioned Six Flags. Six Flags New England is doing like they're calling it a scare, like whatever. It's like spring break, but it's like scare break. They're doing mm-hmm. the 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 Halloween sort of light nighttime scary things during spring break. So next week, Six Flags it has rides during the day, and then people scaring you at night. HD could come up to to Bristol. It's about a twenty five minute uh, drive from the uh, the Palace to Fitz. We uh, we go up there, maybe show outing, do uh, have some people jump out scares. I'm not a big fan of people trying to scare me. I don't want things to get a little physical. Next thing you know, I'm catching a charge. Okay. Uh, So that's a maybe? That's a strong maybe. Uh, uh, You know, Evan and Devin and I, we we would go and we're all, we're we're not former athletes. So, you know, you're supposed to go and and be the big strong protector there, Harry. Uh, Oh, Harry, are you scared? You're scared, Harry? (laughs) Six Flags here in Georgia is phenomenal. I think you guys need to make a trip down south. And come on to Six Flags over Georgia. Wait, wait, you want three of us to fly to Georgia? You sending up the private jet because one of you flying up here, way easier than three of us flying down What are you talking there? about? You rich. You're rich. I, you, you work out at Orange Theory every day. Evan lives in West Hartford. Okay, Devin, you may have an argument. But you did just <laughs> go to Ireland, Devin. So I can't sit up here and say you don't have money. Yeah, you went to uh, wait, Ireland wait, wait. for an entire week. Or was it 10 days? So, yes, nah. you have money as well, Devin. Is, there's like, there's seven moving walkways like in Harry's house. He actually has one of those 
airport people that tell you to stand to the right on the moving lot walkway. If you're if you're standing, move to the right. Like he's got that whole thing. There's like a, a security compound, like the whole thing. It's Douglasville. He, he has one of those things in the airport where you can step on like the little like um, conveyor belts yeah. or whatever that, oh, that, yeah. that he has yeah. in his house. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's there's no you've got you've got a theater with recli- reclining seats in your well, house, don't you? One thing we know don't about you? my house, the security is top notch. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. So obviously we said we would uh, debate this. Uh, we've had some more time to chew on what Jeff Darlington said about OBJ and Lamar, and he made very reasonable points that were all wrong. So it's it's amazing that Jeff continued to back up his thought that OBJ has to only be signing with the Ravens because he knows something about Lamar. The more I hear it, the more I just I, – and, and you know what? I said it, but I'll say it again, Harry. I, I think there's some element of if you and I work together and then all of a sudden tomorrow they let me go, I will be very sad. If you get another deal from ESPN right away and it's like, man, all of a sudden they just gave Harry a fat raise, more money than he was even asking for, and you FaceTime me and you're like, bro, can we go celebrate? What am I doing? I'm hopping on that plane. And we are celebrating in Vegas on your time, let me be very clear. You're flying me out there and you're buying bottle service. But we're wow. celebrating together because I'm happy for my brother. Like I, I think it's possible for the two to coexist. I think Lamar can look around and be like, I don't want to be here. I wish you the best of luck in Baltimore, but you got how much money? Yeah, let's go celebrate. Well, here's the thing for me. We're just going to discontinue or, or, or not be reminded by Lamar Jackson wanting a certain amount of money and wanting a long-term deal. Did that just get thrown out the window because OBJ is now with the Baltimore Ravens and is getting $15 million guaranteed? Lamar Jackson still wants his deal. There's still friction between him and the organization. Those things still have to be ironed out. And I'm still of the, of the mindset of why would Lamar Jackson tell OBJ every single thing that he wants to do next season if he hasn't told anybody up until this point? That's like closely, closely in his inner circle when it comes to, you know, getting a new deal and people he's told things. We haven't heard anything uh, from Lamar Jackson in two years on that front. Yeah. Why would he tell somebody and it possibly be getting leaked to someone else? Not a single one of us in the world knew that a trade request had been put in. Think about that. I just keep saying that. Like, uh, it's impossible in today's world to keep a secret. So why is now the moment when you're finally dug in on this thing to a spot that it looks like there's no resolution where that secret would be unkept? That being said, if the Ravens were to just trot out Lamar tomorrow and be like, hey, we got it all done at the press conference at 1 p.m., I'd be here for it. I'd be in for all of that if we yeah, could just both. get an answer. All right, coming up, a huge victory from one team, and it was still a worst-case scenario. We'll break it down next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.